0: Hey, faith family, welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast at Calvary Bible, where we go beyond the Sunday sermon to explore some rabbit holes and to bring some biblical truths to the surface. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. All right, here we go again. Randy. Hello. Back at it. Hello. Um, back in Good. better than
1: ever. Beyond Sunday.
0: Hey, before we dive in uh, to even my joke, oh, which wow. you know is coming. Yes. Yes. Um, I want to say congratulations Thank publicly Thank to you. the doctorate. Now you were explaining it to me yesterday. Can you more quickly explain to mm-hmm. everyone else the difference between your two degrees? Because mm-hmm. that was helpful for me. It was interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah. My first, uh, my first doctoral degree was a doctor of ministry degree, mm-hmm. which is would be similar to uh, like Eric and Tara's degree. Uh, it is uh, a medical doctor is being trained. And they use the word to practice yeah. medicine. So, the doctor of ministry degree is actually built in the same uh, the same model of mm-hmm. preparing ministers for their practice ministry. And so, it is ministry oriented. The PhD that I just finished, uh, thank the Lord for that, was um, that is a research degree, and so that is uh, not geared toward your specific field of ministry, but it's mm-hmm. geared toward. Uh, can you add a piece of scholarship to your particular discipline, mm-hmm. in this case, biblical studies and uh, my world of uh, for uh, like over 30 years now teaching preachers? So mm-hmm. just blending uh, hermeneutics, how you study the Bible with preaching, how do you preach that that you've studied? Mm-hmm. And so the, the two degrees are really Two different focus.
0: Yeah. No, that's really, really good. Uh, Could you spout off the title? I
1: don't. (laughs) People have been asking me, so. It's ridiculous.
0: But uh, what I like, you know, (laughs) is that it has a colon in it. It does. True to form. It does. That's Randy.
1: And and my oldest daughter, uh, she would say it has to have, uh, I know the sermon title has to have a colon in it.
0: Yeah, it does. And And I gave her
1: my rationale for that, by the way, years ago, so.
0: That's um, good. It yeah. It had a colon in it. It did. I understood. Yeah.
1: I think I understood most of it, but it's a lot of those so technical words. So, you know, that's really technical. But uh, this whole idea of. Ill- illocutionary intent infused meaning <laughs> is what you get, <laughs> what you get on Sunday. Yes. When I say we worship this morning by and I fill in the blank. Yeah. So all I've been doing is just mm-hmm. studying how do biblical authors convey their intent yes. for the church to respond. Mm-hmm. That's all. It's a big, fancy word for.
0: Yeah. What are do the I know? Intent what is God
1: intending to do to the church as a result of Jude? Let's say this mm-hmm. coming Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And your paper was in the Psalms. Psalm 119, one through eight. Yep. Okay. Yep. Very good. Yeah, the thanks. Psalms,
0: we're gonna get there someday.
1: Mm,
0: we'll see. You said we'd finish it by the time Chase graduates. Oh, no you promised. <laughs> I know. I might have to talk to Chase. You uh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna put my money on one of those sides. We'll see. <laughs> um and this must have taken a lot of time because your hair's looking a little long. Yeah. So Michelle's I don't know. Been, I don't Michelle's know, been gone. I don't know if we have a high def camera, but this guy's as shaggy as he's ever been.
1: Yeah. I used which to is get not Eric, long, but right. I usually get haircut every Saturday. Michelle's been gone to see her mom, so. Oh my goodness,
0: <laughs> you're a wreck.
1: You I am, are. A wreck. I am. That's that is the truth. I'm glad you're through it that though. That is the truth.
0: And uh, putting the bow on things. So yeah, thanks. That's fun. Thank you. All right, you ready for the curveball? <laughs> I am. How about this? Here joke? you go. This is fitting for your stage of life um, right now. Uh, yeah. What do what do you do when your dog eats your dictionary? What do you do when your dog eats your dictionary? Oh my word! You've got a little puppy. So.
1: Your dog eats your dictionary.
0: Uh, I don't know. You take the words right out of his mouth. Oh,
1: my word. That's
0: great. There you go. That is good. There you go. There you, add that good, to your repertoire. That's a good joke. You'll remember that one, maybe. I probably you're, won't. You're, I am the world's worst at jokes. I'm pretty bad at remembering stuff, too. I won't remember that good one. Good job. But, yep, There's was a joke of the week. Mm-hmm. All right, now we're going to dive into this stuff. Yes. Okay, so we were in Jude. Yeah. Um, we are going to be made fun of, and that's yes. going to be one of the questions, just about scoffing, which yeah. is a very powerful persuasive tool. Mm. Um, but you uh, you covered the verse in Jude that quotes Enoch, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. it's it's fascinating. So a couple of questions came in about that. Let me just read them here mm-hmm. for you. First, why are not all scriptures in the Bible? like first Enoch that you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, so that's an interesting, there's some words there. I think we could tease out a little bit. And then the second one, which is in the same ballpark is what's the deal with first Enoch? And did you say it was authoritative Mm -hmm. in quotes? I did. And then just help me think about that, please. Yeah.
1: Well, the first one, uh, what's interesting is that I don't think, let's see. So I don't think, this whole concept of canonization
0: mm-hmm.
1: how is our bible assembled That's which canonization. books which books are mm-hmm. in it i don't think that happens until like uh the second century AD or or beyond that. So yeah. so remember that what we're reading is before we have a we have a body of truth that we call the Bible. Yeah, I'm going to try to do this you know quickly and simply. But yeah. so remember the, these this writing that's going on when Jude is writing this letter in the first century. They mm-hmm. don't they have no concept of we have a completed set like we do. Yeah, uh, even even uh, you know to know like uh, you know the Roman Catholics have a set that's different from ours. Let's say. Right,
0: contains the apocrypha. Yeah, so, I thought First Enoch was in the apocrypha, yeah. and I checked. Yeah, because I have one. Yeah, and it's not in there. It's not. Okay. So
1: what happens is, and then the the big word would be like pseudopigrapha, fake almost like if it, it, what you would expect it to be. It's like they're the fake writings. Okay. So they're fake so writers. what we know about what we know about from Enoch's uh, from Jude's letter is that. Enoch, uh, Jude took first Enoch to be authoritative. Mm-hmm. That there is some that there is a sense of this is, and that's why I use the word. And, and if I if I went back and listened to that carefully, I hope I said that at the time of this writing, that that is considered to be an authoritative text. Mm-hmm. That's different from. Us saying it's in the Bible or not, or it's scripture. Yeah, and a lot of and our a lot of our scholars uh, and friends and conservatives would say it's because this part is in the Bible that it's now become scripture. Yes. So not not that uh, not book. that I would say First Enoch is on par with the Bible, mm-hmm. but this segment that's put in here, this quote is a direct quote from I believe it's Enoch one Yeah, and I read it, so I it is mm-hmm. it's identical except for as I said. Ten million instead of ten, thousand. ten thousands. Mm-hmm. I think is in plural here in verse uh, fourteen. Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of. Well, in First Enoch, it's ten millions. Mm-hmm. So um, I hope that's enough to uh, to clarify a little bit of the confusion of mm-hmm. you know what what made it authoritative. Uh, take a look at your text. He's seventh in line, and as I said, that's a big number. Mm-hmm. And then he is a very important figure in Genesis 5 he's he's extremely um, mm-hmm. extremely godly so much so that he is taken out of the world
0: yeah, yeah. so is it safe to say that in uh, authoritative is different than inspired like the birth of the book of first enoch is jude is viewing it as an authoritative book like we might view you know i don't know the tax code yeah. as it's authoritative it it has yeah. a place and it speaks
1: Yeah, I don't even know what I would do that. Uh, It's a great question, but I don't know how you'd ever get into Jude's head and say, Jude, did you think that was written by God under the inspiration of God or not? And I don't know. And so. But he was being prophetic. Yeah.
0: So this is a is this considered second temple literature? Yeah, it is. So Mm -hmm. Enoch. So the seventh. Yeah. You know. Yeah the seventh from Adam. Yeah. He's not writing first Enoch. Oh, no, no, no,
1: no, 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 uh, no, 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 the, right, right. No, 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 no. Not even no. close. No, that's second, second. I think if I remember correctly, I did check on a little bit last week. So second century BC, mm-hmm. possibly into the first century is that's sort of the, di- the dating of that book.
0: Okay. That's what I, I did a little research and that's what it was saying yeah. between a hundred to 300 years before Jesus yeah. somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And so, um, it's not in the Apocrypha, which the Catholic Bible has the Apocryphal books mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. But are all those books considered like Second Temple literature? A and lot, of, a lot I, of them are. Uh, and so f- if you're not familiar with it, I'm just surface level familiar with it. So Second Temple would mean that first temple is destroyed. They come back, Ezra and Nehemiah rebuild the, rebuild the temple. Yeah. And, and now there's a second temple. And between, like, kind of the quiet years of the Old Testament, mm-hmm. from the end of the prophets until Jesus' birth, there's this 600-year yeah. period, roughly. That's we don't hear from God, yeah. but there's still Hebrews living and thinking and meditating on the Torah, yeah. and they're writing and debating. And mm-hmm. some of these apocryphal books are in there, and First Enoch's in that time period, where you've got Jude pulling from it.
1: And the reason why they're important for Bible study is just because they are some of the earliest explanations. Uh, They're they're some of the the best that we have, the earliest and some of the best thinking about the text that we have from a Jewish mindset, which Mm -hmm. is the day. Of course, that's the mindset that our Lord comes along. Yeah. And they share that same context. So to see how they were reading certain scriptures is always very fascinating. Yeah. And short of inspiration. Yeah. In my my understanding.
0: Yes. Yeah. And so I think that's where I, I've not read a lot of second, second temple, Second temple. Second temple literature. Um, But I think I've had a growing appreciation for it because Jesus likely was familiar with it. Oh my. Jude is Jesus. Jude's brother. Oh my. Uh, So Jude's familiar with it. Jesus probably was so it informed. Peter was. Yeah, exactly. So, Hmm. um, yeah. So the apostles, you know, had their feet in these in these books and um mm-hmm. and so it does it changes it informs us the the culture and the context of the first church, the first yeah. century church.
1: And these are early witnesses to early interpretation. hmm So they there is great value. I did have to read them all. That was that was that was tedious, but I did have to, a few years back, early on in the doctoral program, I had to read every, all of those books, and mm-hmm. it's a lot. It's a lot of material. They do a lot of explanation about key places in the Bible, and First Enoch is full of prophecy, which brings us to Beyond Sunday. Don't lose sight of the fact that this is all just simply saying to us in this book, we should not be surprised by what's happening in our day because this was prophesied way back then, and then that's not the only prophecy either. In uh, the, the, verse 17, the apostles also say the same, that certain people are going to come and they're going to have a different way of reading the Bible. They will not read it the way we do. And we are going to be made fun of because of our, our readings. Mm-hmm. So let's not forget that, that with all this discussion about Enoch, who was he? What was first Enoch? Uh, the whole point of Jude is he prophesied That God was going to come back and he was going to come back to execute judgment on anyone Mm -hmm. who divides the church along these doctrinal lines. Mm -hmm. Unauthorized teaching is what we've been talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So we shouldn't be surprised. Yeah. He is going to they are. This is going to be judged because of what it's doing to Christ's body. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, Good. And then just to tie a bow on that question, the very first one I read, why are not all scriptures in the Bible? Um, I think we want to distinguish the word scriptures, yeah. so which is just the word for writings. Yeah. So there's all kinds of writings, and then you mentioned it, but I forget the council council mm-hmm. of Nicaea, three yeah, thirteen B.C. They start putting this stuff together. Right. Is kind of when it is formally yeah,
1: fourth century starts. Yeah. Yep. Set in place the yep.
0: the English well the the Christian Bible that we have mm-hmm. from Genesis through Revelation. Yeah. Um, yeah. So why are yeah. not all because There were some books that were considered, but were, I don't know, was First Enoch considered potentially?
1: I I don't know. I'm not great at this, but I I would say to you, uh, you know, the book of James in the New Testament,
0: Mm -hmm. that
1: one took a while to get in. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of, you know, that's the kind of debating that was going on and discussion that was going on. Should we let James, the letter of James, be in our Bible? Yeah. It just didn't sound right.
0: Yeah. And I think, too, that, um, again, I'm not a scholar in this area, but. Um, first Enoch, I would doubt that it was in that discussion because that's, I think most of those discussions were about first century, you know, Peter, Paul, is yeah. this a really a Paul Pauline letter? Yeah. Whereas First Enoch, this is pre-Jesus. Oh, yeah. And so the, the Old Testament scriptures, the ones that Jesus refers to, they were pretty set in place already. Great point. Um, great point. Yeah. So, but they're helpful nonetheless. We just don't view them as inspired correct yeah yeah okay um so let's get to scoffing here we mm-hmm. we've talked about it a little bit and yeah. that was really the the thrust of the the sermon we we will be as you put it made fun of mm-hmm. um and yeah. i think we feel that pressure Verse today 18. in our country and society um where the evangelical christian is looked down upon as simple minded and that's even some of the scoffing that that i hear Not directed towards me, but in culture at large, this idea that Christians have this naive view of the world. They're very uh, ancient, not ancient, but Mm -hmm. uh, they Mm -hmm. think very in old, outdated Mm -hmm. ways and simple minded fools, uh, which is a a form of scoffing. Um, But the question here is um, scoffing can be a very powerful and persuasive tool how can we prepare ourselves to withstand that so we don't get lost or maybe yeah. bullied out of our our opinions
1: yeah it's a great a great question and um so
0: i think you touched on it towards the end so of the sermon so what am,
1: you know i'm i'm just thinking about an example of growing up somebody in the theology readers this morning somebody mentioned you know the middle school uh, the difficulties in middle school mm-hmm. and one of the things is you know if you get made fun of uh you really have to be solid in who you are. Now, that's yeah. tough for a middle schooler,
0: oh, yeah, uh, for talk. a young
1: person to be to be so uh, assured of themselves that, hey, whether you make fun of me or not, it doesn't matter. This is who I am, and this is a good thing for me. Um, so I kind of like to look, I kind of like to think of it in those terms. So for a Christian to be prepared for scoffing, mm-hmm. ridicule, being made fun of, most important thing is... Is uh, I, I think just remember that's exactly what happened to your Lord, yeah. So, yep. I you know, I'd like to start by saying Jesus faced this, and I and I did mention this, and this, this is the way I, it, it helped me. Jesus was killed, crucified, because of the way he read the Bible, mm-hmm. and I had never thought of it that way before until this sermon, but that's what killed him. Mm-hmm. He knew that he was fulfilling prophecy, yeah, and it killed him. So, you know, he was being made fun of. He claimed to be the, you know, the whole, the whole, the whole crucifixion scene (laughs) is a a mockery. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even, even the, 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 you know, the writing at the top. Yeah. King of the Jews. Yep. The crown. So, I mean, there was just such a, so I I would say Mm -hmm. to you that prepare yourself by remembering that your savior, the son of God, uh, who's literally embodying the truth, Mm -hmm. he's, uh, not only ridicule, but he 's killed for it. I would start with that second uh if you buy into that that story, then you know what's true. In other words, you are a person who's been transformed by the grace of God, and so you believe this so mm-hmm. if somebody i mean if if somebody made fun of me because I said you know this 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 device can actually take your picture,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they made fun of me, yeah. Well, how would i react to that wouldn't faze you because no, you I would know say, well, Make i, fun of I all could be you say, want. i'd be i should be saying i, I should be making fun <laughs> of you i mean if i if i wasn't grace-filled, i would be don't you realize that this does this so you know our savior number 1 number 2 i believe this stuff i believe this is a true reality of our world and yeah. i believe that other people have another reality that's not true
0: mm-hmm.
1: So I'm going to stand by what I believe is true because God has done something to me, and make fun of
0: people who don't believe the
1: same. As I you am do. not going to make fun <laughs> of them. What part of our discussion in Jude, remember, has been is to, to be grace filled with eye. the with the outsiders. Be <laughs> yeah. grace filled with the outsiders. Uh, just pr- we protect. You know, we're protecting uh, on the inside. Uh, I forget how how I said it, but uh, we're certainly not to be persecuting on the outside. Yeah so no yeah that's, that's good and i and think those would be two ways i would say yeah be prepared for scoffing yeah yeah no,
0: that's good and, and again i think you touched on that on sunday too a bit yeah, a little um, bit maybe. so that's helpful yeah um but as far as protecting what's on the inside that's a good transition to our last question here um and it, it mm-hmm. reads like this does the church in general need members who have discernment to keep the church leadership accountable especially today where churches are run by celebrity pastors uh who have their run of things and, and aren't often mm. questioned. Yeah. Um and the closing comment was those necessary members who do discern sometimes or often they're criticized for being loudmouthed complainers yeah. uh yeah. quarreling, you know, yeah. starting up divisions yeah. and so they're they can be kind of shut up yeah. because they're questioning someone yeah. who's in that seat. So, does the church need members?
1: Yeah. Like so that? so the answer to the question is yes. Uh, but let me let me just say that's why I think the other day uh, I, I think surely on Sunday I said it, but I've said it before, there is no mm-hmm. risk-free zone. So there is no purely safe place for anyone's soul since we're all flawed in this yeah. body of Christ. So that's mm-hmm. the first thing. So this but the second thing is uh, one of the reasons why we know the answer to that is yes. Mm-hmm is because the scriptures because of the kinds of scriptures especially the pastoral epistles that are read in church so that parishioners overhear these these mm-hmm. think about the dynamic of a parishioner sitting in church listening to being taught by scripture that was designated for a shepherd Timothy Titus so yeah. so Paul mm-hmm. writing to Timothy writing to Titus but but parishioners are listening to that in the first century. So just think about the dynamic of that, that God intended for the church to hear this instruction for the clergy. Mm -hmm. Part of that instruction that I was saying to our folks uh, in the ABF the early hour on Sunday in Mm -hmm. the Welcome to the Faith family class, some of them, uh, you might remember if you're listening, you might remember that we talked about how important it is for parishioners to hear the instruction on what do you do in an elder sins. So Paul, yep. writing to Timothy, mm-hmm. gives clear instruction on, here's what you do when an elder will not stop sinning. Yeah. And it is to be dealt with in a way so that the entire church would fear. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so the answer to that question is yes. These, the scriptures are designed to build up a discerning body of believers who can now watch out for each other. Mm-hmm. And there are times when the elders need someone to step in and say, now, since, uh, since the question was framed the way it was about, mm-hmm. you know, there's certain, uh, there, there comes a, a celebrity status almost. Mm-hmm. Well, we're Americans. We're primed for this. Yeah. We are primed for setting people up on a pedestal. But what, what I've been reading about for the last four or five years now, uh, sadly, is reading the reports of what happened in local churches when prominent ministers have fallen. Mm-hmm. And when they have, the common denominator along the way is no one's speaking into their lives. There's no one holding them accountable anymore. Mm-hmm. So that leads to the uh, one of the written comments there where when a parishioner comes in and at least wants to have a discussion about what they're seeing or sensing, mm-hmm. they, they're immediately shut down as divisive. Yeah, Uh, that is just that is so out of character for a Christian period. Mm -hmm. Now, the the bad part is uh, it's sad that you that person may not have anywhere else to go. Now, what do they do? Yeah, they made their attempt. It was shut down. They try Mm -hmm. again. Maybe it's shut down. And that's just a sign of a leadership that's not being spirit controlled and not even willing to listen at all. Mm -hmm. So the whole thing smacks up. So and then one final thing about that, that comment, which is very, very helpful um, there is a huge difference in the attitude with which people come into my study and talk to me about things. Yeah. Uh, there's a big difference between someone coming in in arrogance versus someone coming in with humility, mm-hmm. trying literally to defend truth and, and help the church. There's a huge difference in how that can happen. Yeah. So the, the, the chronic complaining, the grumbler, Yeah. that's different from somebody coming in saying, I have a, I have a real concern would you please hear me out? Yeah, I mean those are two different attitudes. So
0: yeah, very much so. And even someone's track record. So someone sure if someone shows up at a oh, church yeah. and they're there for three to six months and all of a sudden they're you know calling out the pastor uh, or approaching him in a confrontational way. It's just different. We have no history. Yeah. Are they really for that place? Have they established uh, a rapport? Mm-hmm. How they could
1: be right, but who they knows? could be
0: how and how how. Uh, much of a violation is the, you know, pastor in necessarily or are they nitpicking or yeah. is it a blatant uh, area where it's pretty obvious that someone should say something? There is a
1: big difference between. Yeah. Uh, and you're hoping that you're, you know, you and I are hoping that the spirit of God is driving us so much so that we recognize the difference. And we're also humble enough to listen yeah. to people who have good concerns. Mm-hmm. So. Right. Yeah. That's a never, great question.
0: Yeah, we never uh, want to get in a place where we're untouchable no. or are beyond someone, no. you know, calling us out. And thankfully, um,
1: thankfully, you and I are never going to be famous because beyond Sunday. <laughs>
0: I know, seriously, just because of those jokes. Yeah, we're in good shape, but the jokes uh, are killing us. I know <laughs> you just wait. Um, but actually, you know, it's funny, but there's whether celebrity or not those same sin tendencies of pride yeah, oh and anger and oh oh lust my, oh and all oh of those my. things they they wreak havoc in small churches of non-celebrity they pastors do. they do just the same they, they just do. don't get the, the same
1: they don't get the press. press yeah they do it's a great point one of the one of the downsides of being at a place for a long time like we have mm-hmm. is the relationships get stronger and stronger yeah and sometimes that can go in the wrong direction and so uh, it has such great points to it, uh, but one of the dangers, of course, is that you begin to build such a following that you can't say anything wrong. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we never want to get that. We we want honest people around us. Yeah. That's what's great about our elders. Uh, they they challenge us mm-hmm. and they keep us accountable, and that's that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Let me just say another thing too, so we don't forget. Beyond Sunday, I did say that one of the one of the toughest parts about reading this particular text was the fact that when I saw the list of how the unauthorized teachers were characterized i saw too much of me in the list mm. and i wanted us to remember so if you're processing jude please remember that one of the ways in which we confirm and affirm our faith is that we know that christ and his spirit and god the father are transforming us so that we are dealing regularly with our sins in these same areas mm-hmm. so it's not like none of this ever shows up in our in 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 people uh, other than the false teachers, mm-hmm. I, I saw this as being uh, this is human nature and it's in the DNA. And I want to make sure that I am sensitive to God so that he can continue to root this out and so that I can continue to fight hard for faith mm-hmm. and holiness and righteousness. we'll see, Lord willing, on Sunday, this most holy faith. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's important that we stay away from these things. They can't characterize us.
0: no. To
1: the degree that we are in this list without confession and repentance, that's the degree to which we fall susceptible not only to being an unauthorized teacher, but falling to false teaching. Mm -hmm. I think that's what Jude is saying.
0: Yeah, right. No, If I'm hearing you, you, we see those tendencies, all those sins pop up in our lives in all ways. Too much. But we've got to continue to lay them at the cross and confess them and not let them, you know, grow roots down into our souls
1: and they cannot describe us on a regular basis they just can't yeah
0: that's a good way to close yeah all right thanks randy you're You're welcome welcome. that's fun yeah all right see you guys wednesday sunday whenever we see you next we love you and take care thanks again for joining us on today's episode and remember our sunday sermons are meant to lead us to a life of worship beyond sunday